0: Matthew chapter 25, if you want to turn there, Matthew 25, we'll read verses 31 through verses 46, Matthew 25 verses 31 through 46, When you get it, say, got it. All right, good deal. Let's pray, and we'll jump in. Father God, we come to you this morning. I thank you for these words, and I pray, God, that we would hear what they say. I pray that you would help us to hear them, not just with our ears, dear Lord, but hear them with our heart. I pray that you just uh, help us to be those, God, who are are faithful to do your work, who are faithful to love those, God, who, who have a need, dear Lord. We probably all encounter people... All the time, dear Lord, in our daily lives that, 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 that we can help, dear Lord And some that you may be calling us to help That maybe we've missed some opportunities Or maybe there's some doors that are still open, dear Lord Of people we can help, God I pray that you help us to be faithful to your, uh, to your work And to your word here today, God I pray that the Holy Spirit would just work in this place That you hide me behind the cross That you just, uh, God, help me to be faithful to preach and teach In a way that's going to bring glory to you And we just pray that your word would do the work and I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This, is, this is one of my favorite uh, scriptures, one of my favorite uh, parables, I guess if we can call it that, that Jesus uh, tells us, and this has been on my mind in the last uh, few weeks as we have been preparing for our mission trip that we had went on to New Orleans last weekend. These verses are some verses uh, that came to my mind that was a good r- reminder to me is, is, is how I should be living my life and how all of us as Christians should be living our life and that is we should be living in a way that we are there to help those who have a need it doesn't necessarily have to be homeless people living on the street there are many opportunities that God gives us I believe many needs that we may encounter through our life and we want to be those who are found faithful to do what God calls us to we want to be those who are faithful to meet those needs Matthew chapter 25, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them one from another, just as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on the left. Now, Jesus is uh, giving us some instructions here uh, and things that are going to occur uh, in the end. When Jesus returns, there's going to be a separation that's going to take place. That is, of the sheep and of the goats. Uh, Most simply put, we can understand this as those who are Christ followers, those who have accepted Jesus Christ, and those who have not. He's going to explain these two groups in a little more detail here as we go. Verse 33, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now the sheep, that is those who are in Christ Jesus, are going to be blessed. Now another good scripture that you may want to read if you have some free time is Ezekiel chapter 34. Uh, It seems to me that Ezekiel 34 and these words that Jesus is sharing with us here in Matthew 25 go together very well. He talks about the sheep in Ezekiel chapter 34, and we see that idea of the sheep being blessed, the same thing that Jesus is talking about here. In this passage uh, that we look at today so there is coming a time where jesus is going to gather all the nations together now i believe simply what jesus is saying here is that when that time comes that he returns that all people are going to be judged of all nations uh, not just the jews not just the gentiles I don't believe Jesus here is speaking of judging nations independently. I think that Jesus is saying here when he says of the nations that there will be no one who will be immune to that day when that day comes, that all people from all nations uh, will stand before the Lord one day, and Jesus Christ will be the one who will be uh, doing the sorting. That is, those who have followed him, the sheep, and those who have not followed him and have rejected him, the goats. That day is coming for each and every one of us when we will all stand before the Lord. It's important for us to think about these things and to think about what Jesus is saying. Are we going to be those who are found faithful, who are followers of Jesus Christ, and be in the group that is the sheep, those who are righteous, or are you going to be one of those who are going to be separated away from the righteous? The righteous will be blessed, but those who are separated away Uh, Are going to suffer uh, the consequences of their rejection of Jesus Christ. And Jesus is making that known very simply here by using this illustration of the sheep and the goats. He goes on to say in verse 35 For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you took care of me. I was in prison, And you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in, or without clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, I assure you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will also say to those on the left, Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't take me in. I was naked, and you didn't clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you didn't take care of me. Then they too will answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or without clothes or sick or in prison and not help you? Then he will answer them, I assure you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me either. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Now, isn't it beautiful how Jesus is talking about the separation of the sheep and the goats, the righteous and the unrighteous? And the illustration he uses here to point out the difference between the two is the heart of love that they have. Jesus says, look, uh, when I was uh, in need, you met my need, whether it be clothing or food or thirsty or or, or needing to be brought into shelter, whatever those needs are that Jesus talked about, Jesus said to the righteous, You met those needs for me. And the righteous will say, well, well, Jesus, when did we do that? Lord, when did we meet those needs? And Jesus said, whatever you do for the least of these, you do for me. Whatever we do, that is, for those who are around us that have any of these needs, it's like we are doing these things to Jesus. In the same manner, those who are unrighteous, when Jesus says, uh, You didn't do these things for me, they will say, But Lord, we would have if we would have seen you. If we would have saw you there, Jesus, we surely would have done these things. Uh, but, but when did we see you hungry and thirsty and, and we didn't give you anything? And Jesus said, Whatever you didn't do to the least of these, you did not do to me. And I thought about these passages as we prepared for our trip to New Orleans that we went on last weekend. That every time we see someone who is in need and we do those things, in my mind I said, you know what, I need to look at each person that I do something for. Not just on the weekend of our mission trip, but always as if they are Jesus Christ. If we view every person that we come in contact with as if they are Jesus Christ, boy, we sure would treat them a lot differently. We wouldn't say, oh, that person is too dirty, or that person's too this, or that person's too that, or whatever excuse that we make, and we make many of them, or at least I do sometimes, and perhaps you too. If we looked at people as Jesus Christ and said, you know what, whatever the need is, I'm going to meet the need of that person. Now, this is an idea that we are familiar with because some of you have probably read this scripture before. Others of you perhaps have heard uh, Brother Sydney at Christmas time, almost every year he recites a beautiful uh, story for us, a beautiful poem about Conrad, a man who was waiting on the Lord to come. He was waiting on his Christmas guest. And Conrad was patiently waiting and anxiously waiting the Lord's arrival, and every time there was a knock at the door, he would go to the door, and yet it wouldn't be the Lord, it would be someone who had a need. And Conrad would faithfully meet that need time after time after time and then finally he was disappointed and uh, the Lord told him look Conrad whenever you met this person whenever you met the need of this person you were taking care of me and that's a beautiful story that sums up exactly what Jesus is talking about here in this passage if we are in Christ we should have a desire to do those, uh, to help those who are in need, to to be there to help meet those needs, that desire should be in us when we accept Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit indwells in our heart. There should be some desire for us to help people even for those in this world who are not Christians and not followers of Jesus Christ. There are many who have a desire to help people in need. There are many who are broken because there are uh, disasters we see on the news all the time where may be flooding, there may be tornadoes, and there's always an outpouring of support uh, in our nation among people that want to help, whether it's sending money or sending items. There are lots of people that send support and help because... Uh, many people have a desire to help those in need. That should especially be true for Christians. But even for the non-Christians, I believe that that desire is there because we are all created in the image of God. I think that desire to love other people, even if those in the world who have rejected Jesus Christ, they still desire to do good to other people and to help people in need. And I believe that is a result of being made in the image of God. How much more so if a non-Christian sees the need to help those in need should those who are followers of Jesus Christ. Now we've talked about as we've talked about missions over the last month, we've talked about a lot of good areas where people are serving in missions, a lot of ways that we can help. We've talked about the importance of being a community of believers and and working together as brothers and sisters in Christ. This church helping that church and various churches helping one another, even, even stepping across denomination lines to help brothers and sisters in Christ. We've talked about the importance of missions, how we can work together, but we've also talked about in doing those missions and carrying out the work of the Lord, some of the hurdles that we may experience. One of those hurdles being our fear. We may have some fear and some doubt because sometimes God leads us into difficult situations as missionaries, as followers of Jesus Christ. We've talked about that some, some of the difficulties and the hard times that we may face. And to be prepared for that, to be prepared to put on the full armor of God so that when we experience those situations that we can be bold that we don't ever allow fear to keep us from serving in the areas we need to serve. And those are some of the things that we've uh, talked about over in the last month. And so we as Christians, we should be looking for opportunities to serve, not shying away from and, and, and hoping that they just fall into our lap, although sometimes they do. Sometimes God just kind of puts things in our path that we're not really seeking or looking for. And We have an opportunity to serve the Lord or not in those ways. Uh, But we as Christians should be uh, willingly and intentionally looking for ways to serve. We should be in the Word, seeing uh, how God is going to speak to us through His words. And we should also be prayerful and be discerning. Uh, And when we begin to look, or at least this has been the case in my life, when I really begin to seek the Lord and begin to seek opportunities and say, God, I really want to serve you, I really want to love on people. I really want to help in this way or help in that way. When I'm really seeking the Lord, guess what? I find opportunities. It's unbelievable. And it's not that those opportunities just magically appeared. Those opportunities had always been there. I just had failed to see them because I was too consumed with my own life and my own desires and my own comfort zone. But when we begin to step out of our comfort zone and say, God, your will be done and not mine, I'm willing to go where you send me, even if it's a tough spot, God, I'm willing to be faithful to to go where you're sending me. And when we we actively seek opportunities to serve, it's unbelievable how those opportunities begin to present themselves. Now, uh, we uh, this weekend had an opportunity to go and do some of these very things that Jesus talked about. Uh, to give a little bit of clothing to those who may need some clothes, to give a little bit of food to those who may need something to eat, and to give a little water to those who may need something to drink. Now, we're not boasting. I'm not boasting in us. Anything that we did this weekend, all the glory be to the Lord. We didn't do it for, our, uh, for, for, for you guys to pat us on the back, but we did it because we feel like as Christians, as a church, that these are the things that God calls us to These are part of the process of getting outside of the walls and seeing what needs there are. And so today I wanted to share with everybody some of the things that we did along these same lines of what Jesus talked about in these passages today. Most of you probably know by this point that we all went to New Orleans this weekend and we were at the New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. And they housed us for the weekend, gave us a place to stay. And they have a program called Mission Lab. Now, this is their logo that you can see on our shirts. Everybody that you see wearing one of these shirts today uh, went on the trip. We also had a couple of more that went that aren't here. Uh, But I believe I can speak for everybody and say that it was a real blessing for us to be able to go uh, and have this experience. Uh, The the people at the seminary, uh, they they got everything together for us. There was one gentleman by the name of Pete. He was kind of our, our, our contact for the weekend. and he. Went with us to the places that we went and served and they had everything uh, lined up and taken care of uh, for us and so we were we were ready to go I was ready to go but I'll be honest with you there was there was a little tension there there was a little fear there because just kind of fear of the unknown uh, wh- what are we getting ourselves into obviously New Orleans if anybody knows about New Orleans it's not really looked at as one of the safest places in the in the, wor- in the world in the United States for sure. Uh, there's a lot of murder there. There's a lot of bad things that go on in New Orleans, and so uh, I guess I should have had a little more faith. But there was just a hint of that of that fear there. Not hesitation, uh, not not wanting to go, but I think that uh, maybe I was alone in that, or maybe some others had some some fear too. But that caused me to trust in the Lord that much more. And about a week before, God had given me peace and comfort, and and uh, He did take care of us through our trip and we got there and they had everything set up for us and the first day that we served was Saturday and we went to an organization called uh, giving hope now, uh, Giving Hope is a place that, that takes in items from lots of stores uh, in the area, either either overstock they have or things that are about to expire maybe that they need to get rid of, things that are not bad, don't, don't get me wrong, these are not uh, items that are uh, in, in bad shape that are going to harm people, but things that have to be removed from the stores. And, and this Giving Hope, they send out people to these different stores and they come back with all kind of stuff, anything and everything Uh, that you can imagine. Uh, We met in this warehouse and in this warehouse almost all of the workers there are volunteer. Now our job was to help uh, hand out food to the people that would come through and to help tote it to their cars and uh, most everybody that does that is volunteers. If it wasn't for uh, people like us that live in the community that go and other churches that that make trips down there, uh, this trip wouldn't be able to function nearly as well. Uh, so we went Saturday morning to this uh, location, giving hope, and we walked into this warehouse, and they had lots of food that was around, anything you can imagine, and I'm talking about good stuff. I'm talking about they had meats, they had these big old hams that we were able to give out, uh, they had all kind of different things. They had some, they had lots of of sweets, they had vegetables, uh, they had fruits, they had. Uh, Cheez-Its galore, if you like Cheez-Its, they had Cheez-Its for days that we were giving out Cheez-Its. One of the things that they had a lot of that my dad was in charge of while we were there were blackberries. Now they had these big old huge wooden flats of blackberries that they had gotten from somewhere, and those flats were full of cases of blackberries, and there were six containers of fresh blackberries in each case. And there were probably hundreds of cases on each flat, and the guy told my dad, you need to get rid of all of these by the time you leave today. Well, there were three and a half flats of those things that he had to get rid of. And he did his best. It's no telling how many cases of blackberries went out of that place. We were given four and five and six to some people. And at the end of the day, we had only been able to give away about one and a half of them. Uh, but we did our best to give out those blackberries. And the people that we encountered there were very grateful to get all that they uh, we're able to get and we served over 70 people that day and they said that was a slow day They said usually they say serve hundreds of people and particularly at the first of the week Uh, and this this was open to anybody that had a need Uh, most of the people that come there uh, are people that that may have jobs and they may work these weren't people that were living on the street for the most part Uh, but they were people that just just needed a little help they needed a little food for their family Uh, the people there were very friendly they were very appreciative they were very kind there were many people who came through that line that thanked us for coming to work. Uh, and it makes you feel good to know that there are people out there that appreciate uh, getting these things. And we were able to just load people down uh, with all kind of stuff. Uh, sacks, there were big old sacks of, of dinner rolls that had like 200 rolls, I would say, in there. And we were able to give you know a whole sack to people, or just giant sacks of cinnamon rolls, just anything and everything you can think of. And this place doesn't have a lot of a lot of place to store stuff, and so a lot of this stuff had to be gotten rid of. You know, we had to give out as much as we could because they can't store it and it couldn't keep. And so we were, especially toward the end, just piling up people's baskets uh, full of full of stuff. I'm talking about so heavy that, that you couldn't hardly tote them. Uh, these people had so much food, and it makes you feel good to know that there are people that aren't, at least a few that aren't, going to go to sleep hungry. There are many homeless people in New Orleans. As I said, many of these people at this place were not homeless. They were people who just needed a little help. And so we were able to take part in that and we were able to fill their baskets up and we each kind of had a different little jobs that we did and it was really non-stop from the time we got there uh, to the time we left it was non-stop flow there was always a restocking the tables were kind of set up in a horseshoe shape and there were different things and they would start at one end and they would be able to push their uh, their 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 boxes along all the way around the table until they got them filled up and most of the time by the end they either had to get a second box, or it was so rounded over the top full of stuff that it was almost too, too heavy to tote. Uh, you can see in our picture there, that's just one corner. They had a little waiting area in the middle. Everybody was very patient. They waited their turn. Everybody was called one at a time to go through the line. You can see Miss Pat's beautiful face there at the bottom of the screen. That was the very beginning of the line, and that's where everybody would start. And they would kind of work their way down and around and each of us had a different station and different things that they focused on mr thomas uh, his job was to hand out peppers it's no telling how many hundreds of peppers that he gave out that day that's one thing that we had plenty of and people left with peppers and they left with blackberries. So we had uh, no shortage of that uh, throughout the day. And so uh, those are just some of the, uh, some of the things that, that you can see on the back wall, kind of on the right side of the photo there, there were big shelves of some of the things that would keep a little better. Uh, but those, we were constantly going and grabbing new things and putting new things. Uh, on the shelf, and so that was what we did Saturday. It was a, a wonderful experience. Lord will and I would love for us to be able to go back one day, preferably a day that it's a little cooler. maybe in the spring or or next fall we could go back. but uh, I would encourage you to think about that. if we ever get to go back to this in the future, it was a it was a really good experience and uh, none of the none of the jobs were super. Well, some of them were super demanding. I, I, my dad's probably looking at me saying, "Well, don't say that." He had to tote big old heavy boxes of food all day. Uh, but there are some easier jobs, and there are some that are a little a little more strenuous. But uh, it makes you feel good when you leave, and uh, not not because we did a good work, but because the people were so. We're so appreciative. The people were glad to get to come there. Uh, this organization has been there for years, giving hope, and they've been giving out food, uh, served no telling how many thousands, maybe even millions of people uh, at this point. So that was a good organization. And that's what we that's what we did Saturday. Uh, Saturday night we uh, came back to the room, we rested up a little bit and uh, left Michelle in charge of finding us a good place to eat uh, dinner that night. She may not want me to tell this story, but it's a good story. So we looked online, because online is a great place to look, to find food, and, and we found this place called The Lighthouse. And we looked at the pictures, it was great, it was kind of a rustic looking place, had a big old window overlooking the river. And uh, it was only like a mile and a half or two miles from where we were staying. I mean, really close. It was super, I mean, just a couple minutes to get to it. And uh, we looked at the menu. The menu looked great. And so we said, hey, the lighthouse sounds good. So I called. I said, hey, y'all take reservations? Yeah, we made a reservation for the eight of us. And... Uh, we got all ready, and we got ready to go that night, and we headed off out of town, and we got into a stretch of road. I mean, it was bl- no lights at all. It was completely black. We're down this narrow little road in the dark, and I'm thinking, where in the world are we going to? And so it said in the, on the website that it was a hidden gem, and I said, okay, well, it's tucked away somewhere. So we drive, and we turn down this little like gravel road, and we're going where the GPS tells us to, and we turn, it turns out we, we come up to like this honky-tonk like bar area oh, that we had come to at the lighthouse. And so I was fine eating there. I would have been okay with it. But we decided that we would, we would find somewhere else. So we, we didn't eat at the lighthouse. And their pictures on the Internet did not quite look like the pictures of what we came to. But it turned out being a blessing because we ended up driving around and we found this place called Sassafras. And uh, it turned out being good food. The people there were just kind as they could be. The food was delicious. A great atmosphere. So God, God blessed us. Even even though we kind of took a wrong turn, uh, He ended up taking care of us, and we got some uh, good food to eat that night. And we needed it to get rested up for the next day. Now the next day, uh, we traveled uh, down to downtown New Orleans, and we went underneath uh, underneath a bridge. There are a lot of there are a lot of homeless in New Orleans that stay underneath bridges. Now, there were some other parts of the town, an old part of town, uh, where they used to stay called Tent City, and the city has, has moved them from that area. Uh, they now stay under a lot of different bridges around the town, and the, and the uh, New Orleans has started uh, fencing in a lot of the, the underpasses, like the one we were at, to keep the homeless from staying there. So I don't know where they will end up once they fence in the area where we were at. But this picture will give you a kind of an idea. It's not a great picture, but it gives you an idea of kind of what we, uh, what we saw when we got there. Underneath this, this underpass, there was a, a pretty long section down through there, and there were lots of homeless people, and they were just camped out. Uh, some of them, I'd say maybe half of them, had tents, like what you see in the, in the photo. And the other half were just sleeping on the ground, you know, maybe sleeping in sleeping bags or sleeping on an old rug or something uh, whatever they were able to uh, t- to grab. Uh, when we got to the underpass, uh, we got there about nine in the morning, and uh, some of them were still asleep, but a lot of them were awake and kind of moving around a little bit. We split up into three different groups, and we kind of we kind of we kind of headed out down through the, the different section of the of the underpass. Now. Uh, there was kind of one side was a little cleaner than the other side in my opinion not quite as as bad looking as the other side and uh, some of the homeless that lived there said that they kind of separated into a couple different groups one group was the group that were they were on drugs the other group were the ones that, that didn't fool with drugs now i don't know if, uh, how true that was or not but you can kind of tell a difference between the the cleanliness of the two sides uh, and we got out and we had 32 bags that we'd made. They were about this big, the bags. And they were full of all kind of items that we took. Uh, some of the items in the... Every bag had a, had a sandwich in it that we had made before we had left. Uh, they had a little a snack, lots of snacks in there, like little Debbie cakes and just different random crackers or snacks or things. Uh, a bag of chips. They all had flashlights in them. They all had socks in them. They all had a Bible in them. Uh, they all had... Uh, some more water in the bag Uh, I can't even remember there were there were 10 or 12 items in each of the bag combs things like that things that the people uh, may find useful Uh, we handed out all of those bags in about 17 seconds I think as soon as we, we got there with them, uh, some of the groups, most of the groups I think that had them were, were bombarded. You know we could have given away a hundred of those things easily if we would have had them. Uh, the bags were they were not, they were backpack type bags. They were they were bright red and they had reflective strips and, and we saw several people as we were walking around that day they had their backpacks on. Uh, most of them as soon as they got them you, they had done gone through them. they were, they were, they were getting the stuff out of there. Uh, Again, it was a very similar experience to what we had Saturday as far as most of the people that we encountered there uh, were very appreciative. They were very grateful to get uh, what we were giving them. We also took lots of waters with us that day. And we had an ice chest that we were pulling around because it was hot. And uh, we were able to give out ice cold water to the people. And that was a big, that was a big, it went over well. Uh, People were coming up to us, hey, we want some of those waters. Can we have one of those waters? And uh, you can imagine what it's like. Imagine if you're out in the heat all day, every day, and you don't have anything cold to drink. And so uh, just that, that, just, I mean, it's not much. I know in the grand scheme of things, but at least in that few minutes, we were able to give them a little relief. And we would go up to people and we would hand them a bag. And we would sit down and we would talk to them. And uh, there were a lot of people under there. I'd say 75 to 100 people maybe living under the under the underpass that we were, uh, that we were uh, working at. And uh, most of the people were very, very glad to have somebody to talk to. They were very welcoming. And we would sit down. And we would find out who they were. Some were younger. Some were older. Uh, it, you, you could tell that some of them were on drugs. Some of them were... Uh, seemed, seemed a little reluctant to talk to us, didn't want to have anything to do with us, and that was fine. If they wanted to talk to us, we would talk to them, and uh, if they didn't, we wouldn't. There were others uh, who, who were very appreciative and kind of tell their story, and they would say that they had job applications out, so it seemed as though some of them were trying to better their lives. They were trying to get on the right track. Uh, some of them had come from life situations where they were doing good, and things just kind of the bottom just kind of fell out all of a sudden. And so it's, it's hard for us maybe to think about that we could be in that situation one day. We think, oh, I would never get in that situation. That could never happen to me. Uh, but we never know. We could one day be in a situation uh, similar to that. And that was one thing that I tried to be mindful of as we were uh, talking to these people. We would sit down and talk and get to know their names. A lot of them let us pray with them. We would ask if we could pray pray with them. And a lot of them were said, oh yeah, we'll, we'll be glad to have you pray. I know Mr. Thomas encountered a guy, as soon as they got there, a guy that came up to him that said, look, pray for me. I need your prayers. He said, look, I'm a drug addict. He said, I'm struggling. I'm addicted to these things. He said, I don't want to be. He said, I want to quit. Would you please pray for me? And uh Mr. Thomas wasn't able to get his name. Uh but but that was kind of that that, that was kind of good to me too to see that look, this guy is reaching out, this guy's wanting help. And uh there are some that we saw that, that probably didn't care one way or the other, that probably aren't trying too hard, uh that are probably content with, with living their life and being on drugs. But I think that there were others that, 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 that really didn't want that lifestyle, that are trying to get a better lifestyle. And, uh, you know, we just helped the best we can. And for those who were trying to do right and want to do better, we loved on them. And the ones that, that didn't want to have as much to do with us, uh, we loved on them too. And we just pray for all of them just the same, that God would help all of them to be able to, to get out of that lifestyle if they're addicted to drugs or just to be able to, to get out from under a bridge and have a, have a normal life again. Uh, we were able to... Uh, uh, talk to a lot of people and even get some pointers we saw a few people that we were able to kind of connect with and said hey you know what are some things that would be good to help uh, to help everybody here with, if we ever come back in the future, if we ever send people down, what are some things that are useful? Some things that are needed, and we were able to get some good insight from one gentleman. Uh, his name was uh, Brother Jefferson. Is how he introduced himself. Now I don't know if he was a pastor or just a brother in Christ, but uh, he seemed uh, like a like a Christian man to me. He was quoting scripture, just super kind guy. And we talked to him for quite a while, and he kind of told us some stories and and told us kind of how things were under there and kind of explained the situation to us a little better to help us understand the situation. Uh, one of the things that I found reassuring as we as we were there, we asked about food because we asked about things we could bring back next time we come, and one of the first things he said not to bring back was food. He said that they have more food than you can imagine. He said that there are groups, that there are people, that there are organizations that are coming every day that are bringing food, that are handing out food. He said sometimes they have so much food that they have to turn it away because uh, there's more food than they can eat or want to eat. Uh, he said, so uh, as far as the people there being fed, he said that the people there are well-fed. He said, some of them just choose that lifestyle. Some of them, some of them, he said, you could, you could bring back $1,000 and give to every person that was under the bridge. And he said, the next day, none of them would have it. He said, so money's not going to be the solution to the problem. He said, because people here don't know what to do with the money in some cases and he said some of them just are content with using their money on drugs and just continuing to live this lifestyle they don't want to change this is the life that they have chosen to live so he gave us some good insight to kind of understand life life under the bridge Uh, and he also said uh, some things that would be good to to consider if we ever went back blankets sleeping bags gloves things like that he said would be uh, very beneficial and very helpful Uh, it was a very eye-opening experience I haven't done anything like this only once or twice in my life and it's been a long time Uh, so it was a very eye opening experience and I was very pleased to see how receptive that the people were how grateful that they were and uh, you know what at least we were able to love on them we were able to love on them tell them we loved them and tell them that God loved them we were able to pray over some of their situations uh, that they were going through and uh, you know hopefully through that hopefully they're reminded to know that there are people out there uh, that care about them we handed out, as I said, Bibles in every bag that we handed out. So there were 32 Bibles uh, that were handed out. Most everybody was glad to get it. There were a few people that weren't. They didn't want the Word of God. They would take it and they would throw it. There was one that came flying by my head while I was talking to somebody. He had found it in his bag and he didn't care for it. There was another one as I was walking later that I saw laying on the concrete and I just left them there because I feel like it's God's Word. And somebody may walk by and may see a copy of God's Word and they may read something in it. There may have been someone that wasn't there when we were there. And they may be walking in that night or walking by later that day, and they may see seen uh, God's Word. So we just left Bibles laying on the street, on the sidewalk. Some of you may be saying, oh, dear. But I believe that God's Word is good, and I left it where the people were going to be, and there were going to be people uh, coming through there. And so it was, a, it was a good experience. It was a blessing for us uh, to get to go and to get to work and to get to serve. And, uh, you know, God took care of us that Sunday. Even though it was hot out, we were in the shade most of the time. The area that we were in was very clean. I was, I was a little surprised, to be honest with you. I was expecting things to be a little rougher. Uh, but the area that we were in uh, was, was pretty clean. Uh, we felt very safe. Uh, I, I didn't feel any fear at all. I, I felt like God was taking care of us. I know that there were many of you that prayed for us along the way there are many that aren't here in the community that i know that were praying for us and those prayers uh were filled i could feel those prayers i knew that the lord uh, was with us and and uh i think that everybody uh, would be willing to go back again lord willing if we ever uh, have the opportunity to and maybe some of you uh, will too i appreciate your prayers and your support financially Uh, All the monies that you gave uh, were to help uh, pay for that trip, and all of those items that we bought, all those bags that we bought, all the food that we handed out, the water, that's what those monies went for. God blessed us over and above what we needed. We had money left uh, when we got back that will go toward our other mission trip coming up uh, in November to Dallas. And uh, So God blessed us all the way around, and hopefully, more importantly, God blessed those people that we were able to encounter and uh and and that's what our prayer needs to be going forward that you guys pray for the city of new orleans there are lots of uh, lots of uh homeless there there are lots of people in need there and it's not that far away hour and 45 minutes from here there is some of the greatest need as there is anywhere in these united states of america so uh, we want to continue to pray for uh, for 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 the homeless And the needy in New Orleans and and for our church that if God gives us the opportunity, uh, if God leads us to, that perhaps we'll get to go back again in the future uh, and get to serve again. Uh, Before we uh, left Sunday afternoon, that's a picture of our whole group uh, that's there together. That's a good looking group. I'd go to battle with this group any day of the week. Uh, Most of them you probably know, except for the gentleman on the far left there. Uh, That's Devin uh, DeVille. That's Miss Joyce Bacon's grandson. He's gone with us on a mission trip in the past, and he uh, was glad to get to go with us again this trip. And uh, God blessed us. He took care of us, and it was a good trip. And so uh, we praise the Lord for that. As we go out into the world, though, whether we are going down the streets of Liberty or whether we're going to New Orleans, Let us not forget the words that Jesus told us in the passage we read today. That whatever we do to the least of these, whatever we do to the one that has the need, no matter how lowly that our society may view them, no matter how poor and needy they may be, no matter what that need may be, whether they're on the street or in prison, there are plenty of people in this world, and Jesus says whenever we do something for them, we're doing it for him. And I don't think there's a single person in this room that if Jesus were to walk in today that we wouldn't give anything and everything that we could to meet his needs. And that should be our attitude when we encounter those in the world. We need to serve them just as though that we would serve Jesus. We need to give our everything. We need to do the dirty work just as Jesus Christ did. Just as Jesus washed the feet of the disciples, uh, so we should do the dirty work too. The things that aren't desirable. The things that may we may kind of want to shy away from, we remember that, look, Jesus isn't calling us to do anything that he didn't do. He's not calling us to do the dirty work when he himself wouldn't. He's not calling us to suffer when he himself didn't. Let us be faithful servants to follow his example. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you this morning and we thank you for your uh, words today. And I pray, God, that as we go into the world that we would see needs and that we would meet those needs in the best way that we can. God, I wanna thank you for a good trip to New Orleans. I thank you for what you were what you were able to let us do and that you were to help us through all the things that we did and and keep us safe and god i pray that you bless those people that we encountered. i pray that you just would continue to be with that city to be with the needs dear lord that you would help uh, meet the 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 food needs the clothing need the shelter needs of those people dear lord and i know that in the grand scheme of things what little bit we did this weekend is just a drop in the bucket dear lord but i pray that the ones that that we saw were able to know that you love them god i pray that of the copies of your word that we handed out, God, that somebody's going to read some of those words, dear Lord. And they're going to know you love them. They're going to know that Jesus loved them enough to die on the cross for them. They're going to know, God, that Jesus can help them overcome addictions that they're struggling with, that they want to beat, dear Lord. I pray that you would that you would give jobs to the ones who were seeking, who had applications, dear Lord. I pray that you would give them opportunities, that they can work, dear Lord, that they can get out of that situation. I pray that you would encourage them through the process. I pray that you would provide for them and take care of them. God, I thank you for this church, for this community, for so many that prayed for us, for so many that gave, dear Lord, so that your kingdom can be furthered. God, I thank you for each one that had the willingness to go and to serve and give of their money and to give of their time and their energies, dear Lord. I pray that you just would bless those efforts, and we thank you for them. And God, I pray that as we we get ready to close today, God, I pray that you would touch our heart and help us to to see areas maybe where we could be meeting some needs that we're not meeting. Dear Lord, I pray that you help us to, to have our minds and our hearts open to, to new needs that we may encounter in the days and the weeks and the months to come, dear Lord, so that we can be those who are righteous, dear Lord. We don't want to be those, God, at the end of it all when, when we stand before you and say, well, Jesus, we, we didn't know we were supposed to help you. When did we not help you, dear Lord? We want to be those who are faithful to help the least of these, dear Lord. And so I pray that you would just take away any fears or doubts or worries that we may have, take away any pride or just selfishness that we have that that keeps us from loving on people and serving them the way that we should. And I pray that you just give us the same love that you had, Lord Jesus, a genuine love and care for people that calls us to do whatever's necessary. I ask these things in Jesus' name, amen.